0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, ESPN 2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course the ESPN app. Lionel Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Chris Canty CC back with us in the new year as we are live at the brand new ESPN West Palm Studios. Thanks to Celsius. Good morning, Smalls.
2: Good morning. We are at the ESPN West Palm Studios coming to you live from the Evan Cohen studio. All
1: right. Enough. <laughs> enough. Enough out of that. Yeah. Well, they are named. I was here for 20 years, so they did name him. But here's the problem. Everybody's calling them the Evan Cohen Memorial Studios. <laughs> no. I'm like, you realize I've, I've reached the pinnacle of my life. I'm here. I'm on ESPN Radio. We're part of the national morning show. Right. I'm not dead. No. To my knowledge, I am alive.
2: Alive and thriving. Yeah. You're wearing a suit today. You are living.
1: Yeah. Well, I, Chris Carlin and I, Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time, are co-emceeing the uh, RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl uh, luncheon today. Nice. Uh, Carlin is going to broadcast the game here on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas, by the way. Uh, of course, Freddie and Harry. On Thursday, and there's a big luncheon with the team South Florida and Syracuse today, uh, and we are going to be a part of it. There was a lot of buzz that Nuno, our producer, could potentially be the keynote speaker Wow! after Fluno, Florida Nuno, has been dominating. I mean, Nuno has has literally lit up rooms in a way that Pat Costello and Javante Lawrence, our other producers, would not believe. Yesterday, we're at a charity golf tournament. He's living his life. He's looking all Florida out. So we try,
2: dressed to the nines.
1: Yeah, we tried to go to this restaurant uh, last night, and there was like a dress code, and only Nuno passed for the dress code. Yeah, somehow. he's the
2: only one that passed the fit, Jack. It's and amazing. You're calling him Nuno Fluno. You have uh, failed to call him by his real Floridian name, which is Nino the Boss. When we went to get pedicures yesterday, that's right, we went to get pedicures yesterday. That's how much Nuno is actually living his best Florida life. They called him Nino at check in. And he kinda looks like Nino the Florida Bosch, you know.
1: Uh Nino, how are you feeling about your <laughs> Florida life? I we call you Fluno, Florida Nuno, Nino, you go to O Palm Beach right <laughs> yesterday. Oh uh,
3: for- Beach. <laughs> my goodness. It's just so great. I got we gotta thank Michelle and you know, showed us around and Rosa and Paula who took care of us. Yes. I'm just saying I don't know if I could ever go back to my regular life. <laughs> there was, the, you know, sitting there, getting the pedicure. They brought, you know, a nice pina colada, the, uh, the massage tears. I, I mean, I was in heaven. And they did a great job. I appreciate them. Oh, Florida
1: Nuno.
2: Paula Nuno. and Rosa took great care of us at Old Palm Beach. Michelle was so lovely. She facilitated the whole thing, gave us a tour. But I looked over at Nuno, oh. and we have this on our social media. Rob Lorenzo posted it at Like. Nuno was like, You've lost me forever. Like I'm never coming back from this. Basically, he was in. He was so blissed out, Evan. I just didn't know if he would even be Wait, here to do what, the show today.
1: What social media handle did you just
2: give? I out? I really don't know. It's really early. I was like, <laughs> that's not I our handle. I almost said at unsportsmanlike, but then it's like at unsports. So you want people DSPF. to see? This. <laughs> she doesn't know the social media I handle. I only know my handle. Are you sure? <laughs> Actually, maybe not
1: at unsports ESPN. At can,
2: unsports ESPN, you can see Nuno I, say
1: I don't know what you actually Sorry, said. Rob. There's there is one, there's one uh, video that is out there where Smalls is dying of laughter. Look at just him. looking at Nuno relaxing in that in that massage chair. We have it on ESPN two right now, and Smalls is dying. She can't even keep a straight face while talking to the camera, and Nuno. You, I, you really are dressed unbelievably well, but when you go to a spa and you're getting the mani-pedi, why are you wearing a
3: button-down shirt? Because we left from here straight there, so that's why. Like, if I had time and thought about it, there would have been shorts and flip-flops. And it would, <laughs> I would have done it the right way, but, you know, we were working all day, and so we went headed over there. So, I don't know, man. Just, uh... He's is living is, his life. Yes. He is living Plano his life.
1: Bruno
2: is putting in the work, and he is reaping the rewards. That ah, is what yeah. is happening. Well but done. He did say yesterday, I was like, first pedicure of many," and he, what did you say? Self care is important. It's now part of the routine.
3: Exactly. Self care. I think eventually, because uh, you know, Canty seems like a gentleman, and I think he said he's done that. I think we all, as a show, out in you know, we'll have to take do a spa day. All
2: right. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to convince me. I'm right. obviously done. No
1: pedicure. I don't want anybody touching my feet, though. I, I, I don't like that. My did toes you, cramp up if you go near my feet.
2: Did you not just hear Fluno? This was life-changing. I know, but I can't
1: do it. If, if, like, literally anybody goes near my feet, my toes and feet start to cramp up. Very weird. I understand. I just, I just have a habit of outing myself of all of the weird things about myself. I feel like the need to tell everybody that. But, yeah, I am very odd in that regard. Oh. I, I, if you try to give me—not you, but if a, a person <laughs> tries to give me a pedicure— I'd be in pain.
2: No, Evan, you need to just relax, let it happen. Having a pedicure and these professionals massage your feet, it's one of the great joys of life. You are so relaxed. It's unbelievable. Don't deprive yourself of that.
1: Uh, At Unsports ESPN, I think we have to put it up there. Have you ever had a pedicure? I think it needs to be up there.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I would assume there are many more people that have than have not, but I'm part of the have not part of this. All right. Anyway, we heard the highlights there. Grizzlies radio network uh, coming in as John Morant made his return to the NBA last night. And did he ever his team, the Memphis Grizzlies, they stink. Okay. They stink. They were six and 19 without him. They're now seven and 19 overall. But last night, John Morant goes out there and he brings the Grizzlies back from 24 points down in this game. He scored the game winning bucket at 115-113 to win the game. The play was called initially for Jaron Jackson Jr., his teammate, And Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of waved it off and said, no, 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 give Ja the ball, let him go with this here. Ja was exhausted, I guess, during the course of this game because of the fact that, you know, he hadn't played in forever, seemingly. And he scores 34 points, 27 of them in the second half of the game. And Ja, post game, discussed his return to the NBA.
0: Obviously, you know, I've been prepping for this for almost eight months. It's been eight months since I played a game. I'm confident, you know, in the work I was putting in and trying to be in the best shape possible to go out there and, you know, be able to, you know, be out there for the guys. As far as the, you know, going down early, I kind of expected it not to be down, you know, like 20, whatever, but I kind of expected it to be like some, you know, jitters, you know, guys not knowing what to do. Obviously, I haven't been out there for 25 games. You know, they had a style of play they had to adapt to, you know, without me on the floor and, you know, me coming in. Obviously, you know, I don't want to, you know, change nothing up, but I also have to be Ja.
2: Yeah, he has to be, John. He was last night. Evan, you mentioned the team was 6-19 of nine, six and 19 during his suspension. They entered the night tied with Portland for the second-worst record in the Western Conference. He helps this team engineer that 24-point comeback. He's the one with the game winner. And you have to think that this is not only so major for him to be able to come back and have a performance like this, but how big of an emotional lift Will this be for Memphis now to have their star back? And this is the way that he reenters.
1: Yeah. And I actually think the way in which he reenters is the greatest possible scenario for him and for them. What do I mean? They're six and 19. Right. He can't come back and ruin anything. He can't hurt them. If God forbid he has another scenario where he's involved in some sort of incident, it's not like you can get much worse because we know if he has another incident, he's done. The NBA is going to suspend him for probably a season, and he probably will never play for the Memphis Grizzlies again. So all he can do is come back and help. All he can do is help them on the court. All he can do is help them off the court. There is almost no way that John Moran at this point at 6-19 could hurt them in a way that would be much worse than what they've already had here. And I think where we get into a slippery slope is see he learned the 25 games he's good to go because the first thing that that Florida Nuno Fluno says to me or Nino however you want to look at it is boy he doesn't learn and I said what are you talking about he said well he's running out of the huddle he's keeping receipts etc like I don't know if he's learned or not. Nuno doesn't learn. know if he's learned. You don't know if he's learned or not. I have no idea if he's learned based on all the incidents that he's had and waving the guns on social media. Yeah. There's also been other incidents where allegedly people that he is associated with, friendly with, they were, you know, there was that red light going into the Pacers team bust. There was an incident at a mall. There was an incident at a basketball court. These are all alleged incidents that were tied to John Morant. I don't know what the truth is. I'm not investigating these. I also don't know how we can just blanket statement off of one game because he had a game winner and was great last night, say, oh, 25 games worked. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Maybe the therapy or whatever counseling he may have had worked or didn't work. I don't know. What I do know is that entering into this situation when his team has a negative, I think is better for him than if his team was 19 and six.
2: Less pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Well, there, I mean, last night there was certainly some pressure. He knew the eyes. Well, he had of, to
1: win last night? I mean, well, he it... knew
2: the eyes of the NBA world, of the sports world, were going to be on him as he made his return to the team, and he delivered in a really big way. So I, I imagine last night might be the most pressure that he might feel for a long time, or at least for this season, because I don't know what they're going to be for the remainder of the season, but if that's how he responded in his return, knowing that every show that covers the NBA was going to be talking about this today and talking about how he looked when he came back, I think that that is really a pressurized situation.
1: Uh, Sure. Okay, but, like, do we know if this worked or not? Because he had a game winner, because he had 27 in the second half? We have no idea.
2: That's TBD, obviously, but I do understand where Nuno is coming from when he— has that reaction because, again, we don't know if he if he learned or not, but I was a little surprised that he would say something like, I've kept receipts. You've kept receipts for what? You're the one that put yourself in this situation. This was a product of your own making. So who are you keeping receipts from? Yourself? And I know he was very emotional in the moment. Sometimes when we're very hyped up, we react a certain way, we say certain things. But that kind of gave me a little bit of pause too just to think, who are you blaming for this situation? Usually when you say, I kept receipts, it's I, I'm i paying attention to all you people doubting me or people that put me at a deficit in some way. For John Morant, he's the only person to blame for the situation that he found himself in.
1: Oh, there's no question about Well, there may be others, but they're all associated to him.
2: Well, right? he, he was influenced by the people that he kept around him.
1: Right, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, so if it's not you to blame, theoretically, it is... Everyone around you that you have allowed to associate with. And there's deeper deeper conversations here. Like a lot of people have brought up his dad, right? And the role of a father figure. Like it, it got deep for a while. It got deep, right? T. Morant, his father, still was sitting courtside last night with one of his friends. And this game was in New Orleans. I, you know, Sam Mitchell, who's on uh, NBA radio on SiriusXM and NBA TV, former coach, great guy, and former player, I thought brought up a really interesting thing. Sam said recently, he's like, I think if I'm Ja, I'm having my family always sit in a luxury suite and not courtside. I thought that was actually a really interesting observation because it's like wh- the cameras outside on TNT showed his dad. Right. You see his dad right course, there. Yeah. We also recognize his dad because his dad looks exactly like Usher. But he's right there, and there's all this conversation. Is his dad good influence, not good influence? It's a, it's a father supporting a son. Like, I can't go that crazy about that. But anything that has happened here in the Ja Morant world has been about those that Ja puts around him, and I'm sure it is very difficult for someone to say, I know you've been around me my whole life. Now I'm rich and famous. Now I have too much to lose. I need you away from me. That can't be an easy. I don't know what that's like,
2: especially for a young person. Right. And I,
1: that can't be easy. I'm not defending him like you. I'm saying if you're going to be mad at anything with this whole situation with suspension because of guns and, or, uh, you know, the social media, it's a mirror. That's what you have to look into. Hopefully, this got him better. He had a great performance last night and a game winner. Now, as Ja comes back, there may be someone else in the NFL who's not. We will get to that coming up next. It's on Sportsman, like presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
4: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C dot
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, alone, with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen. With you, CC, Chris Canty, back with us in the new year. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. So as we're talking about Jaws return, Smalls, we are also now talking about Likely. I say likely because he didn't factually 100% say it, and maybe today we'll get the actual news of not being activated off the IR, but he kind of did, uh, of Aaron Rodgers not coming back to the NFL this season. Of course, it was Tuesday yesterday, which means he was on with Pat McAfee on ESPN noon until 3 Eastern, and Rodgers said he doesn't plan on playing this season.
5: If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but the fact is I'm not. I've been working hard to, uh, to get closer to that, but – I'm still, you know, 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery and, uh, you know, being medically cleared uh, as 100 percent healed is just uh, not realistic at at 14 weeks.
1: What is this? What do you mean? Why for the last however many months did he sit there and try to lead us to the place of him playing? I never actually thought that he was 100 percent going to play because I never thought it made any sense for him to play, especially when they were eliminated from the playoffs. Well, I shouldn't say I never thought. I'm sure there were moments where I, like, actually believed him, which I shouldn't have. But, what like, yesterday he sounded logical and sensical. Like, of course, I'm 14 weeks removed. I'm not 100% healthy. Why would I play in a game? As if, like, how could you even assume that I would play in a game? Y- he really does love the attention. For someone that likes to think he's such a free thinker and free spirit, and maybe he is, and he's so much different than everyone else, he's exactly like the rest of us. You know what? Many people like the idea of attention. Many people like to be... The, the center of attention at their job, at their family, at their, their friend group, and whatever it may be. Like, hey, let's focus on Michelle. Let's focus on Evan. Let's focus on CeCe, whatever it may be. Like, those are probably weak moments for all of us. We probably shouldn't be that, or I shouldn't be that way. I'll speak for myself. But don't act like you're better than the rest of us, because you did exactly what those attention-seeking people did and have done for years and months. I mean, what are we doing here? Why was he trying to let us believe he was playing? Like it would rally the team. It rallied them for maybe a week. It rallied Zach Wilson for a week. This has been an absolute joke that we have continued. And it's on us to update this every week. He was clearly never playing. And yesterday confirmed that.
2: Yeah, he's definitely not a wallflower. He puts himself out there. He puts himself in the arena for public consumption. That's for sure. But I guess, Evan, I'm not really viewing this as an attention grab. That's not the way I perceive it. I do perceive it as him wanting to be in the mix with his team and him wanting them to believe that he's coming back. Look at what this team was like without him out on the field. I think maybe Aaron Rodgers is somebody who who is very – careful with his words. He knows exactly what he's doing when he says certain things. He knows what our response is going to be when he says certain things publicly. And what we observed in the offseason, during training camp, in the preseason, was a team that was galvanized by the thought of this guy playing for them by, number eight, being out on the field and leading them to where they wanted to go. And when he was removed from that, we watched a team unravel at the seams. And I am sure that he thought, maybe if I'm telling them personally and I'm saying it publicly that I'll be back, it might elicit a different response. Maybe they'll play a different way. I don't know if that was his intent, but that's the way that I'm kind of viewing this, is that he was doing this, A, because he really did want to play, and I think he wanted to prove medically that his route to recovery was successful because he he was doing some some different things but I thought for real that this was about motivating his team how'd that work out well maybe not so great but he definitely was trying he was still talking to the team Evan with without him we've seen what this Jets team is and I think he realizes that
1: but think about the ego on someone to think hey I know I'm not going to play but my presence is going to lift them up in a way that will make them better than they've ever been. Like, what, what are we talking about here? Is he wrong? Yes, he's wrong. They stink. They got shut out by the, the, the Jets, on, uh, excuse me, the Dolphins by, uh, with the Jets on Sunday. Hey, this is not some, like, known leader. This is not Tom Brady, right? This is not Mahomes. We had Udonis Haslam on yesterday, three-time NBA champ. He, it's not him. This is not some known leader. This is not somebody that, like, oh, wow, everyone rallies behind Aaron Rodgers. That never happened in Green Bay. Never. This is not somebody that, oh, I I know I'm hurt. I know I'm not feeling great, whatever it is. I still got to run through a wall for that guy.
2: What? I don't know. I saw a a team when I watched Hard Knocks, and when I heard— Hard
1: Knocks! It's a TV show! I
2: understand, but you saw—just because there's cameras there doesn't mean that it's scripted or that it's forced. Some of it might be, but— This team was enamored with him. They were enamored with the idea of him being their quarterback, of him being their leader. Evan, they built the team around him. They brought in his offensive coordinator. They brought in the weapons that he wanted. They gave him all the power.
1: Okay, you just said something, and I think it's a great description, and I think it's an awful um, math problem to equal success. They're enamored by him. They are enamored He's not one of them. He's not one of them.
2: Well, he was coming in from the outside. He wasn't he's one not, of them yet.
1: Yeah, he's not one of them.
2: But he did everything that was asked of him. He he deferred money. He was, he was putting himself out there. He was talking about how excited he was to be a part of the Jets. Like, he really leaned into this. I'm not saying he
1: didn't. And he had a great offseason. And he was at Nixon Rangers games. And yeah. he was at the Taylor Swift concert. Right. And he went to Broadway plays. And he went out to dinner in the city. And... He was great during hard knocks. And, and, yes, he was the best version of Aaron Rodgers we've seen in a long period of time. But all season long, this whole conversation of, oh, I may come back, I may be there, I, I'm so sick of it. And then yesterday to get the obvious result, and kudos to McAfee for getting it out of him, that we knew we were getting, like, do you think he's been a
2: positive influence on the Jets? Because I don't. That's a tricky question. I would I would lean more towards yes. when he's When he has been there they've responded differently now listen as the season has gone on it's not like his presence in the facility or on the sidelines or around the team was so pervasive that it changed the outcome of games but I wonder if he was out there on the field healthy the entire season and everyone was following his lead what version of the New York Jets we would see
1: well obviously they'd be better this is at no point have we talked about Aaron Rodgers the actual football player right in this conversation that we're having, where he announced yesterday, basically is done. At no point did we sit there and say, he's a bad football player, right? We never said that. What we're saying is, or what we're asking is, has he been a positive influence? Has this whole drama, this circus around Ronders this year... But you think it's been a good thing because he's around like there's an argument that maybe they would have been better with him, just not there at all, because maybe they're all just sitting there and waiting for the next new piece of news. And it it never
2: happens. Okay, circus around him. When Robert Sala pleads the fifth with the Michael K show about his quarterback situation, that's a circus that has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. The New York Jets are a franchise that we're sure
1: about that. We sure that Rodgers doesn't want Zach Wilson to be the guy. We sure that Rodgers, I mean, pleading the fifth about the quarterback, we sure that Robert Sala didn't want somebody else, and Aaron Rodgers says no?
2: But that is not Aaron Rodgers' fault. I'm blaming the people around him who aren't stepping in then. If they're letting him dictate who plays quarterback, That's on the head coach. That's on the front office. That's on ownership. If you're giving this guy that much power, I'm not going to blame him for taking it. I'm going to blame you for giving it.
1: All right, stop there for a sec because we we got to continue this conversation. There's more to be had here because Aaron Rodgers did a whole endorsement for the people that you're talking about, that you're sitting there at Smalls and saying, I'm not going to blame Rodgers for these people doing what they're doing well, he's endorsing them for next year. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is your telephone number to be a part of the show. Has Aaron Rodgers been a positive influence around the Jets? And are, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of what we've seen in the last few months. I'm happy I think it's over, that we know for sure he's not going to be activated off the IR. But I feel, I don't want to say duped. But I feel like ashamed of myself for buying into this for the last however many months. It's been brutal. Eight 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 say ESPN, eight eighty eight, seven two nine three seven seven six. Has Rogers been a positive influence? And in some ways, you feel a little duped by Rogers here. We'll get your phone calls in on that. Plus, coaching changes in the NFC South, we may see a lot of them. We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN radio.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All of your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman. Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year, having the conversation about Aaron Rodgers, who told Pat McAfee yesterday that he is not going to be coming back, obviously, this year. Um, He also gave a ringing endorsement to his head coach and the organization.
5: I believe in Joe Douglas. I think he's put together uh, a lot of great drafts and and, uh, a great roster. We obviously had a number of difficult injuries this season. I believe in Robert Sala. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think he's about the right stuff. What you emphasize, you're going to get. And I think he emphasizes the right things, being about the right stuff, how to be a professional. Um, I believe in Nate Hackett. You always have. I think the offense that he runs is quarterback friendly. And Obviously, it was geared around me and my abilities and what I do well and my ability to get to the line of scrimmage and get us in a good play and to survive bad plays.
1: Okay, the last part I can accept when he says the offense was geared around me with Nathaniel Hackett. The rest of it, Smalls, this is the guy you're going to defend because now they're going to keep all those guys because now he's selling the owner, Woody Johnson. No, no, they're all back.
2: But why would I blame him for that? Why wouldn't I blame the head coach, the GM, and ownership? Evan, you can bring a lot of talent into your locker room when you have to outsource leadership and give them all the power in order to get them, that's on you. I hate using the parent-kid analogy because I don't want to be disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers by comparing him that way, but it's the only apt comparison I can come up with. If you're going to give a kid a bunch of sugar and you're not going to blame them then for bouncing off the walls, I'm going to blame the person that gave it to them. So why would I blame him for bringing in the coordinator that he wants, building the culture the way he wants, bringing in the personnel that he wants? I'm going to blame the people that gave it to him.
1: I get it, and you're not wrong. But now, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm scared of what my future looks like because the power is overwhelming. He's basically held us all, I don't want to say hostage, but he's held us this whole injury thing over our heads for months now. We knew he probably wasn't coming back. We probably all, including me, had those moments of like, well, maybe he is if they're still alive in the postseason, whatever it is. He announces yesterday that he's not coming back. And now this and, and now this of Salah's a great head coach. Joe Douglas, the great general manager based on what based on based on
2: what have we seen? Because they did everything he wanted. Yeah. That's so, that's so why what it is. wouldn't he think that they're great?
1: Absolutely right. He
2: just admitted to us that Nathaniel Hackett was brought in for him because that scheme benefits him. Not because he's a great Quarterback's coach, or that Zach Wilson would be better, or that he was going to make sure that Garrett Wilson got his. This was built around Aaron Rodgers. This was built for him to succeed.
1: Excellent point. And because
2: because of an injury, we didn't get to see it come to fruition. But I'm not going to blame him for that. I'm going to blame the people in charge that put all of their eggs in one basket. You couldn't be more right. Thank you.
1: Aaron Rodgers is happy with the management because they're doing everything he wants, not because they're actually good. Right? He's happy with his coach, his offensive coordinator, and his general manager because they've done literally everything he's asked them to do. Not because there's any proof that they're good at literally anything other than that. John in Jersey joins us here on ESPN Radio and on Like. What's up, John?
7: Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? What's going on? So, yes, yeah, so, so I, I have to completely disagree with you on your take on Rodgers here. I think I truly believe that from this jump, he was in the building trying to, one, get himself back on the field, this team and, and I think if, if he didn't show up right if he wasn't there and he wasn't around the team then we'd be roasting him and you guys would be roasting him that he was a selfish player and he's not in for the team right so the guy can't win in terms of what he was trying to do for the last few months okay the, and, John John hold on a
1: second but, let me just let me just acknowledge something I own that and you're right I probably would have been critical of that so in that regard you're right it to me it's his words more than his actions that bother me which I know I should care more about actions and words but you are right I have to own that keep going
7: Yeah, and so I think, and I truly think that he was, he had the intention of trying to come back this year. And as a loyal Jets fan for many years, I'm glad he's not stepping on the field in the next few weeks. And so I think it's a good decision overall, but I think it was not, he was not working off of false pretenses. He was truly trying to get back on the field. Yes, selfishly to prove people wrong that he can come back faster than others. But at some point you gotta pull the ripcord and say, Hey, this is just not worth injuring myself. And I'm sure watching the Dolphins game last week and Wilson getting killed back there probably made his decision a little bit easier. You're so- right.
1: You're right. I mean that was that was and thanks for the phone call. That was that's a fair call. All around that's a fair call. I, I will point out that I do believe that him trying to get back was about him trying to get back, not about the team because they were so far out of it at that point.
2: Yeah, but him trying to get back might have been a motivating force for him during his rehab, but I also think that he believes that if he was out there, he could have turned the tide. So it it is about him in a way, but it's also about what he can do for his team.
1: Arnell in Harlem watching on ESPN2. What's up, Arnell?
0: Hey,
1: good morning. Good morning. Thank you
5: for having me on. Um, I, I believe um, Aaron Rodgers is just a, a total attention. He wants all eyes on him. I mean, yeah, he cares about the team, but he wants more of the attention. That's why he always let people on think he's going to come back, and that's also why he wanted Zach Wilson to be the back second quarterback because he knew he can't do the job. So that means you leave everything on him, and if he stayed behind the offensive line, he's got broke up anyway. So. I think he's gonna. Have, they're gonna have another trouble year. Like I always say, the Jets, Mets, and Nets—they all lose. Never gonna win.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, another fair call. Obviously, in terms of the—I mean, it's hard to deny that Rodgers enjoys the attention. I mean, we clearly, we clearly see that he enjoys it. Well,
2: if you didn't enjoy the attention, you wouldn't go on the biggest sports network in the world on one of the biggest shows in the world weekly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well said, uh, Chris in Connecticut, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Chris? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for
5: answering the call. Um, I have to say I agree with Smallman 100% uh, in what the first caller said, John. I think Aaron Rodgers, I'm a Packers fan, I think Aaron Rodgers is a leader, but he's not a typical leader. You know, guys rally around him. Uh, the are good players like Devontae Adams, Bakhtari, all those guys do. Um, but I think he's trying to give the Jets some motivation to continue playing hard. And like I said, I think those two people nailed it this morning. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's hard to like I don't look at him as like this unbelievable all-time leader. I look at the difference between the Packers last year and the Packers this year. It was a circus last year. It's not a circus this year. I look at the difference, I mean, the Jets are always a circus, but Rodgers has added to the circus, right? The Green Bay Packers are kind of quiet this year and and record-wise they're probably small is going to finish right around the same at 8 and 9, 9 and 8 whatever it is like they were last year. But it was a circus last year. An absolute circus. And I get it. Hey, Is it worth the circus if he's your quarterback? 99% of the time, yes. 1% was last year for the Packers. And maybe this year, for I guess that would be 2-1%, makes no sense. But 98% of the time, right? But like the last two years have not been positive experiences for either of the teams that he's been on.
2: You're a Patriots fan, right? Today, yeah.
1: No, yes, I am. I'm (laughs) kidding.
2: You're a Tom Brady fan. You're a Bill Belichick fan. Yes. Was it not a circus when they were divorcing? When it was the end of the road with an all-time great quarterback and the franchise that he was with for so long and had so much success with, was it not a circus? It
1: wasn't during the season.
2: We talked about it every single day. They, of, they didn't. but we talked They to, didn't. But Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming out in Green Bay every day saying, I'm mad that they drafted Jordan Love. I'm out of here. We do this because it's an all-time great player at the most important position in all of team sports with a legacy franchise that he's had success with. It was a breakup, and we were going to analyze it as such. The same thing happened with Belichick and Brady. I'm not going to put that all on Aaron Rodgers. I'm also not going to put it all on him that the New York Jets organization did not have a sound culture and had to outsource it to that one guy. That's on the Jets. They should be like, everything here is running so smoothly, and you're going to be the cherry on top.
1: You brought up Brady, not me. I want to point that out uh, because normally it is me that brings it up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers outsourced culture to Tom Brady. How'd that work out?
2: He was healthy. How do we know it wouldn't have worked out with Aaron Rodgers? Now, Tom Brady
1: has proven to bring culture with him, if you're going to use that word, right? Aaron Rodgers, that's not what his strength. Aaron Rodgers' strength is, is playing football.
2: Right, but if they would have brought Tom Brady in and four plays in, he would have gone down, what would that have looked like? We don't know. That's a hypothetical. It, I, I can't say that it wouldn't have been a disaster.
1: It would have been a disaster from an on-field perspective, but there's no way he would have added to the drama off the field because he never has. He never talks like that. He's, he is as straight-laced as could be in terms of conversation. Like, this is, this is not someone – like, it's, it shouldn't be a surprise that for the last however many months it's been a circus around whether or not he would play the quarterback position, everyone talking about it. There is no surprise that it's been a circus because he brings the circus with him. He had it in Green Bay, and he brought it to New York. We are on Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you, Chris Canty back with us in the new year. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, respect it or check it next.
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're live at ESPN West Palm Studios in South Florida. Thanks to Celsius. We have been having fun in the sun, specifically with Nuno. Our Luna. producer, Fluno, Florida Nuno, who's getting a pedic- He got a pedicure. He's at golf tournaments. Living his life.
2: Oh, Espresso what- Martini Tuesday was a hit. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, before we get to respect to check it quickly, I was a part of this, but I don't drink. <laughs> so I didn't really partake. What happened here last night?
2: So we had gotten word that the espresso martinis at one of the restaurants in our hotel were one of the all time best dessert drinks in the country. None of us in our crew are really espresso martini people. But we were like, we got to try it. So we put our hands in. We were like team bonding. Espresso martini Tuesday. It's going down. And last night, we all went to the restaurant. We sat in a circle. We all ordered espresso martinis except for you. We did a little cheers, and we enjoyed them. They were outstanding.
3: No, no, you in on them? The best part was that I think a lot of people were skeptical. And after that first sip, they were all like, yeah, this is as good so as So it was advertised. a good review. Yes, it was as it was as good as advertised. Because it was
1: one of my friends that gave you guys a suggestion. Yes, this is a friend of mine that it's uh, only some things you take suggestions from him on, you know, like not everything. So I was a little nervous that he gave you the, the uh, suggestion. So here's what I'll do before I hand it over to Pat Costello, who gives us respect it or check it questions about 2024 quarterbacks. Yes, 2024, respect it or check it dessert drinks, respect it
2: 100 percent. Even though I don't love an espresso martini, this one was outstanding. I love a chocolate martini. You no,
3: know, no, respect it or check it dessert drinks. Oh, respect it, 100%. Pat,
2: go ahead. A little little affogato with a a nice, you know. What's that?
1: uh,
3: that With a
2: nice dessert wine. Affogato, it's ice ice cream. Ice cream with espresso. You get a little dessert wine to pair with that. Outstanding.
8: Pat Costello, the floor is yours. Let's go. Can't get bun the espresso martini, by the way. Not going to be able to do it. Well, why but, not? Uh, Evan, did you get anything like chocolate milk or something? <laughs> like- Water. This was before dinner. So? Chocolate milk. Chocolate <laughs>
1: milk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
8: you feel the same so color like- like
1: it was part of the team? We have been living a fancy schmancy life here. Like we have been living in make believe the last few days. Like yes. this is not a life that normally we are going to be able to live. No. And you think at a fancy schmancy like lounge restaurant place I'm ordering chocolate milk? we we'll just say are yeah, not left out. Would you have done that if you weren't drinking? Yeah. Why not? Just order a
2: chocolate, chocolate What about Five, great. five but espresso what? martinis and a chocolate <laughs> a milk chocolate? on ice. You think they would have made that for me? What's wrong with chocolate, chocolate milk? milk up.
4: <laughs> oh, you right.
8: guys are haters. Anyway, respecting her check at quarterbacks who will uh, earn or who have earned a spot in twenty twenty four. Baker Mayfield has earned a starting job next year. Respecting I mean, your check. Re- re- how can you not
1: respect it? I'm he's this year's Geno Smith. Geno Smith earned the starting job last year for Seattle into this year. Obviously, now Drew Locke is in the mix because of the injury and maybe his performance. Drew Locke is going to be able to keep it for a little bit here in Seattle. But Baker Mayfield will be someone's starting quarterback in 2024, if not Tampa's. He's had a great season this year. I respect it, Smalls.
2: I respect it as well. I don't think Tampa should let him out the door. I think he should be the guy moving forward. He had a perfect passer rating last last week. The... Tampa Bay Bucks are tied for the NFC NFC South title. I know it's the NFC South, but they're a playoff team. This is a team that's going to likely punch their ticket to the playoffs, Evan. And I think he's done an outstanding job. We thought he might be a bridge guy, but they should bring him back.
8: Next one. Gardner Minshew has earned a starting job next year. Respect it or check it. Um, Well, Smalls, you know, I thought Gardner Minshew should have been a
1: starting quarterback the last few years. I don't understand how all of these guys around the league... Continue to get opportunities. And by the way, to be fair, I would have said that about Baker Mayfield before this season. But Gardner Minshew can win football games. Gardner Minshew was not that bad in Jacksonville. His first year in the NFL, he had 21 touchdowns 21 20. and six interceptions, 14 touchdowns, eight picks. They're totally outperforming expectations in Indy. Yes. Because there aren't enough good quarterbacks and there are too many teams that need quarterbacks. So I respect Gardner Minshew starting for someone next year.
2: I respect it as well. Um, Based on what you just said is that there aren't that many great starting quarterbacks. People are still going to be coming back from injury. And in this wave of backup quarterbacks that have gotten the starting job, he's certainly in the the cream of the crop up at the top. So I think we'll see Gardner Minshew get an opportunity somewhere, at least at the beginning of next
1: year. Respect it or check it. Pat, you got the next one.
8: Drew Locke has earned a starting job next year. Respect it or check it? Uh, Okay,
1: let's pipe down a little bit. My God, check it. He has one game on Monday Night Football. Yes, it's against the Eagles. They tried to hand hand this to Drew Locke two years ago. Like They said, okay, we're going to get a guy in the Russell Wilson trade that maybe we breathe second life into the guy. Um, Yeah, no, I'm checking that one. No way.
2: He's a Mizzou guy. I really like Drew Locke. He puts on for a city, an unbelievable Jeezy performance on the sideline, f- sidelines a few years ago. And I was thrilled for him that he engineered that game-winning drive, that he got that moment. Great interview with Lisa Salter's post game, who's going to join us later in the show. Really excited about that. But it's a very small sample size of success for Drew Locke. I don't know if I can go there. Just By the way,
1: I got to go to the Dr. Pepper inbox on something. You know I love Harry Douglas, right? Yeah. I think Harry Douglas is so fun and funny. At H Douglas 83 tweets at Epco Radio at Unsports ESPN. There's nothing wrong with a little chocolate in your life, big dog. Don't be scared. <laughs> really? That's, that's where we took this, Harry. Okay. So Harry, Harry has on me, I don't like chocolate, <clears throat> and I don't like outcasts, and Harry's getting a theme all of a sudden about me that is not true in any way, shape, or form. God, he is funny. There's a guy who has fun living his life, doing his job, and he always looks good.
2: Oh, no one's more fun or better dressed than Harry Douglas or, or better at their job. He's I know standing he's, all here,
1: he's here in Florida. I actually hope I don't see him today because I'm dressed nicely. He will just one up in a way that it's like, oh, God, please oh. don't stand next to me.
2: Harry Douglas always has the best fits. It's the fabric of the suit that matches the shirt and the pocket square and the watch always coordinates. Every detail and His, sneakers, is his, sneakers, his sneakers, sneakers
1: never have an ounce of dirt on them. No. I'm convinced he's got a sneaker guy that just washes his sneakers every night. Next one, Pat.
8: You have four espresso martinis and a Nesquik and an espresso glass, please. Uh, Jake Browning <laughs> has earned a starting way. job next best year for spec It or Check It.
1: Uh, check It, Smalls, only because if I'm the Bengals, I'm not letting him out the door. He's my backup quarterback. I am making him my Frank Reich to Jim Kelly. That's what I'm doing. Is that a dated reference, or do people understand? Like that's a leg- I think that's a great reference. Is that too dated?
2: Well, I get the reference, but I wouldn't have gone there.
1: No, no, you're older than me. Is that a data? Is that a dated reference? Was that a good reference or no?
3: Yeah, no. Don't use that anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't
2: use
1: it for, anymore. Okay, so explanation. Jim Kelly was a starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills forever. Frank Reich was his backup like the entire time he was there.
3: I think most people will think of Frank Wright as the guy who keeps getting fired. <laughs> because he Probably. is a guy that keeps getting Probably fired.
2: Yes. You're right, Nuno. <laughs> uh, you know what,
1: Harry Douglas? I'm vanilla, baby. What do you want me to say? Uh, <laughs>
2: That was real vanilla, Evan.
1: Yes. <laughs> Respect it or check it.
2: Um, You know what? I'm with you. I think that he should stay there just because we know that Joe Burrow is likely going to have some sort of in- incident in the beginning of the season where he's not available. I hope that that doesn't happen, but that's t- that's been the pattern the past couple of seasons. But Jake Browning has been playing outstanding he football. He has. He's right. been great. If I'm another team, I, I would love to bring him on. He's, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in football the past few weeks.
1: Yeah. Also, let's be clear on something. I see a lot of people tweeting at me.
2: Oh, really? You check your Apple mentions Radio. during the show? What are not, we doing? What? You're not locked in? You're checking your mentions? Che- okay. That's my job
1: is to make sure I have everything in front of me. I'm not hating on chocolate milk. I'm, Yay, hati- sounds like no, I'm hating on chocolate milk in the environment that we were in last night. It was not a
8: chocolate milk type environment.
2: Would you have a water? I forgot. Yes, I had a water.
8: Never a bad environment for chocolate milk. Last one, Joe Flacco has earned a starting job next year. Respect it or check it? Check it. No way.
2: I don't even know if he would want to fully be the starter again. I know that he's... Why? You don't think so? I don't know. He was on his couch, Evan. Like, coming in and and playing well and being a part of a team where it's kind of a turnkey situation for you is one thing. Really going through the rigors of training in the offseason and going back to this full time? I don't know.
1: Why if he's playing football now, why would he not want to be a starter next year? I don't
2: know. If he wanted to be a starter, why was he on his couch? Because nobody signed him. What <laughs> do you mean?
1: Like it, it wasn't because like he wasn't voluntary. He didn't say no to someone. This is not like an Andrew Luck situation he where he said back no. Up, no. I don't think anybody wanted him. I mean, he was here's it just to go full circle on the Rodgers conversation. This is a guy that was on the Jets last year, wasn't that horrific, and I think it would have been better for the Jets this year than what they've had in Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon and Tim Boyle and everybody since Rodgers, I don't think somebody wanted him. The question is, is he willing to be a backup on the Browns if they're going to be successful the rest of the season? Look at their schedule. No C.J. Stroud this week for Houston, and they have the Jets and the Bengals the rest of the way. That could be a 12-win football team, and Joe Flacco for the Cleveland Browns will ultimately have a better record for that team than Deshaun Watson had. I don't know that he's going to be so excited to just accept a backup role next year, as crazy as that sounds. Now, he should obviously, but I don't know that he will. Coming up, John Morant is back. We will get into that next. Unsportsmanlike, General at Insurance on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.